as a New Year's resolution this year, Charlie and I decided we would start dating again. We've gotten out of the habit, as a lot of couples who have been married almost 20 years do. And so in January, we agreed to alternate the months that one of us would plan. So January was my month, February was Charlie's month, and March was my month again. And last week, Charlie said, hey, did we miss our date night in March? Well, not wanting to admit that I had missed it, I did what a lot of us do nowadays when we can't remember from the past. I got up my phone and searched date night, and sure enough, um, I forgot. Right there before my eyes, as I am writing this sermon on remembering, I realize how dependent I have become on my digital calendar to remember for me. I wonder if any of you are experiencing this brain weakening effect. Dr. Eve Martyr, who is a professor at Brandeis University, she has been so troubled by this in the past couple of years because her students seem to forget things from one semester to the next. She said they have seemingly moved storage from their brains to their phones. What is more, she writes, they are completely convinced that because they can, in principle, access the world's knowledge with a few keystrokes, that there is little reason for them to remember what they studied last semester or read last month. She writes, I first discovered this when I would query my students if they had studied something in another class the year before. And 80 heads would shake no. And I know because I taught them and they answered questions on those exact same topics. You see, remembering is hard work and it's become more difficult to remember. That first Easter morning, it seems like those close followers of Jesus, they forgot what he had told them. Even days before, remembering that has always been hard work, not just for us now, but it was in the past. Baby's okay. Let's turn to the story of the resurrection today to give us some insights into the importance of remembering. Before we read our text, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, I'm so thankful that these words are timeless. And yet as we read them today, I pray that the words that are read would be yours. The words that are preached would be yours and the words that are heard would be yours, Lord God. So much so that our encounter with this text today cannot leave us the same. Pray this in Christ's name, amen. This is Luke's version of the resurrection story. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, 
Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have been so hard on my mom her whole life for forgetting things. She forgot me all the time. I would tell her plans that I had for the weekend and she would forget them. And then we would have family time. I would tell her things that I needed at the grocery, important things like poster board for a project, and she would forget it. But more than once, my mom literally forgot to pick me up from school, and so I would walk home. I know it's not that big of a deal for some of you. Well, a few years ago, I got home from work. Charlie got home from work. I was in the kitchen making dinner. Charlie sees that there's one kid, another kid, and he says, where's Riley, our middle child? And I said, he must be outside. And so five minutes pass, 10 minutes passes, and then I remember I was supposed to pick him up from the library. He had tutoring. As I run out to my car to go pick him up, in comes a neighbor driving her car up, and Riley is in the back seat. And the window rolls down, and she says, we saw him walking. And it, also, it wasn't on like a little street. It would be like walking on Bee Cave. And, and I rolled down my window, and I said, do you need a ride? And he burst into tears and said, my mom forgot me. I think the reason that my mom forgot, and unfortunately the reason I forget way too many things, is that when we are stressed, when we are anxious, when we are overwhelmed, our memory gets compromised. You know, science tells us that our brains, when our brains feel stress, fear, or anxiety, all those emotions we have been feeling over the past 15 months, this tiny little part in our brain tiny little red dot that's called the amygdala. It's what begins firing. And the thing about the amygdala, see how little it is in the midst of our entire brain, is that it's meant to keep us safe. And so as humans, our biology, when the amygdala is triggered, we can do a couple things. We can fight the situation we're in, we can flee from it, or we can freeze. In other words, when we are stressed or terrified or anxious, we are wired to enter into safety mode and to forget. 
When I read the story this time, I realized the, all these emotions that those women were going through that morning. They're walking to the tomb. So we know that they have experienced trauma. Two days prior, they saw their Savior and Lord get beat up bad. They've experienced grief because they think he's dead. We know they're scared because the text tells us that they go early in the morning. And they're going early in the morning for several reasons. They want to make sure that there's no bandits still out there that that are going to try to steal this body. They're probably afraid of those crowds that had been so antagonistic a couple of nights before. And so they're approaching this grave and they already have the fear. They already have the trauma. They already have the anxiety. And then they get there and the text says they notice the stone is rolled away. Then they peek in and there's no body. Add on top of all of that, they now are in shock. The scripture tells us the word that's used there is perplexed. And and the Greek word that's used there for perplexed, it, it means to not know what to do, to be in dire straits, to be left wanting. There is within this word a sense of ambivalence of, oh my gosh, I have to do something to protect myself. When we go into this mode of protection and we fight or we flee or like the women did that morning, they froze. We have a tendency to forget the important things. Charlie and I have been watching this Netflix show. I highly recommend it, even though the language is a little questionable called Last Chance You, the new one that's out about the basketball team, East LA College, it's a junior college. And you get to know this one guy in particular, his name is Joe, and I, he has, he has stolen my heart many a time. He was this top recruit basketball player in high school, got a full ride to Penn State, and then his freshman year in the fall, he blows out his knee, so he can't play. And he makes some really poor choices, ends up getting kicked off the team. He gets in jail several times, gets really into using drugs. And this coach of East LA College hears that he's in the city, this amazing basketball player. And so he goes and talks to a judge and he gets the judge to let him out of jail and he gets him off drugs. This coach has done so much for this kid named Joe. But Joe has the hardest time remembering that. And there's this one scene where they are playing, I think they're playing Long Beach, uh, a junior college in Long Beach. And they're winning the game. Now, when I mean winning, I mean like, unfortunately for my Cougs yesterday, you saw how Baylor was winning, kind of like that. And so they're winning, winning the game. And Joe gets called on this foul, but he doesn't think it's fair. And in that moment, you can see that amygdala part of his brain is just initiated and he flees. He walks up to the coach and he says, you got to take me out. And he goes into the locker room. He leaves. In that moment, he could not remember all that had been done for him to get him to this point. And the fact, the irony, they were winning the game. You see, we read the Easter story so easily. We're just like, chill. We, we get no anxiety. We get no fear. There's no trauma for us. We read the story because we know 
what happened. Those women that day, they froze. They didn't know where Jesus was. In this moment of great bewilderment, of great anxiety, suddenly two men show up. And they're in these shining, dazzling clothes. We assume them to be angels. And they say to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And then they say, do you not remember what he told you? Do you not remember what he told you? He told you he would be handed over into sinners. He told you he would die. And he told you after three days, he would rise again. Do you not remember? It's no surprise, friends, that they don't remember. They are scared and stressed, but that doesn't mean they cannot remember. The professor I spoke of earlier, Dr. Martyr, she continued to be so upset that her students were not able to remember things from the previous semester, and so she wanted to come up with a solution for them. She had a mentor and a professor that she studied of under. A, he was one of the great neuroscience minds of the 20th century, Dr. Ted Bullock. She remembered him because he would always be able to reference any paper that a student wrote, even into his 80s. He had this just crazy good memory. And so she asked him, how do you do it? And he said, you just have to decide to remember. You just have to decide. It's a decision to remember. And that's exactly what those women did 2,000 years ago. The two angelic beings, they remind them of what Jesus told them. And verse 8 says it simply, and then they remembered what Jesus said. I know many of you came today looking for some type of connection maybe connection with church family, with your own families that get together for this celebration, maybe connection with God, with the music. My prayer is that you would feel connection to this story, friends. Over the past 15 months, all of us have had those walking to the tomb moments where we are undone. We are left wanting. We are in great fear. We are in great doubt. My prayer is that you would see that this story that we read that just seems like a simple idle tale is actually our story. When we were left wanting this past year, especially the way we had to grieve and the way we had to celebrate, a year where we did not know so many things and found ourselves quite perplexed a lot. I heard many of you say things like this. I don't know, should my kids go in person or not? I don't know, I've been quarantined from school and from work. Should I abide by that because I don't feel sick? Should we reschedule the wedding, the funeral? Should we go and visit dad or mom or should we just keep trying to get them to figure out FaceTime? We've got staff we have to get rid of. Who do we let go? Can my surgery wait? We have all experienced times this past year where we were perplexed and overwhelmed by our circumstances. And if you are anything like me, 
Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the other Mary and the other women, we forgot. We've forgotten what the resurrection means. I bet if I was to ask any of you tonight what the sermon was about today, you might be able to give me a few details. And then next Sunday, a few less, and then the days after that, and no offense taken, I'm the same way. This is the thing, though. This day, the event of the resurrection, what this text speaks to, this event, it's not just one hour on a Sunday morning once a year. Why we gather to worship today on Easter and to boldly just shout hallelujah, the fact that Jesus Christ did resurrect from the dead, it's supposed to do something different in our daily lives, friends. It is the most important thing any of us can remember this year is what the resurrection means for every single other day of living. You see, life will involve rejection and disappointment. Are we going to decide to remember that Jesus was rejected and betrayed by some of his closest friends? Are we going to decide to remember that Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have a whole heap of trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Life is going to involve more suffering. But we can decide to remember that our Lord and Savior Jesus, he had to endure suffering that he didn't deserve. And he said, my power is made perfect in weakness. Friends, because of the empty tomb, sin, death, fears, doubts, anxieties, all of those have been conquered. We can remember this too, friends, as a symbol of us remembering this morning. We're going to do something we haven't done in a while in worship. Whether you're at home or with us today, I want to invite you to stand and let us say what it is we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. What do you believe, church? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated.